Hello, everyone. This is Dr. W, the host of the podcast, Grief Glasses. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing my cousin, Lester Howard. Actually, he's my favorite cousin, and I think he would say the same about me. So, Les, I want to uh, welcome you to the show, and, and thanks for agreeing to come on and, and talk a little bit about such an important but difficult topic. Well, thank you, Krista. I, I don't mind at all, and uh, thanks for having me. Awesome. So, Les, I'd like to start off with asking all of my guests this question, and that is, what comes to mind when you hear the term grief? Um, well, to me, grief, to me, it's like healing. If you get to the point where you need, grief is when you lose someone or something that's important to you. When you start feeling the grief, you know you're starting to heal. So to me, grief is like the beginning of starting to heal to get back to your normal life. That's a good one. I, I haven't heard that one before, but uh, that's a that's a really good way to, to frame that. So tell me what will your story be today? What will you be sharing with the audience in terms of your story of pain and grief? Well, it would naturally have to be uh, my mother, which is your aunt and your mother, my mother were sisters. So um, that's my most important grief and pain and sorrow of story that I have. So mm-hmm. um, the first thing I would have to say was that I was the youngest of three children. And so I was always the baby. So I always got kind of spoiled a little bit. So <laughs> me and my mom was, we were, we were kind of close. Mm-hmm. And so, and I was the youngest and I didn't have any children. So I used to always stay close to her whenever she moved away. I used to go by and wash her car for her on Saturdays. And uh, whenever she needs something, she would call me. I'll go by and fix her electronics. So we got to be real good friends in, you know, the latter parts of her life. Yeah. And uh, I got to know my mother really well, much more than I think my brother and sister, because we used to sit out and talk politics and, <laughs> and all sorts of stuff. And she just became like my friend. You know, yeah. and we talked about my difficult times in life and stuff like that, and how she knew that I would always come back and stuff like that. And she told me a lot of stuff about family mm-hmm. and uh, about myself that I didn't know. Right. So, right. So for me, those years, she passed in 2013 uh, in January. And to me, those were the best times right before she passed, before she got sick, mm-hmm. were the good times because she was still knowledgeable and she can still mm-hmm. get up and get around. And so right. I, yeah, those, and were, it was, those are the good times. Good you know, times. I, right. I'm glad you yeah. can connect mm-hmm. with those. I, you know, I remember as a young girl, uh, Yuna and I would come out for the summer and mm-hmm. spend the summer with your mom. I, I remember those times, uh, fun mm-hmm. times. We were just little girls, you know, and mom mm-hmm. would pack us up and send us out and Ungale would welcome us with mm-hmm. with open arms. So I, I know about some good times with your mother, that's for sure. So talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit about when things were not so good, when when the tide changed. Well, I knew the tide changed when uh, my brother, Sydney, and my sister, Portia, we had to, instead of putting her in a home, we decided to take care of her ourselves. So we split up days. 
And I did all the running that need to go to the store and groceries or anything like that. And Sydney stayed with her for four days. Portia stayed with her for two and I stayed with her for one. So we had 24 seven with her. But those are the times that were hard because you can see her deteriorating. Mm -hmm. And what what was your mother's illness? uh, Colon cancer. Okay. And, and how did you guys find out about it? How did, how did she find out that she was, was sick with, with colon cancer? How did that, that happen? Uh, I'm, I'm not absolutely sure, but I know one time when I went to the doctor's office with her, she felt some diff- discomfort when she was using the bathroom. And so okay. she went to the doctor and they found polyps. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, her doctor which is was uh, uh to find out later that the doctor really didn't know much about cancer uh-huh. and he okayed a, a a medicine that she was supposed to be taking and mm-hmm. and this was after they had removed the polyps and she caught the virus what they call c diff it's a bad mm-hmm. bacteria they got good bacteria and bad bacteria that's mm-hmm. what i learned from the doctors but they were giving her the cheap medicine that wouldn't get rid of the infection. And so mm. that's when she really started deteriorating because we didn't know that at the time. Wow. So yeah, I didn't know she, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So as she was deteriorating, you know, we were there and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And but it came to the point where when mom said she's she's tired of going out, her her life was getting up, going to the hospital, uh uh getting treatment and coming home and just, you know, feeling sick all the time. Yeah. That's so quality we, of life starts to be a factor at some point. Exactly. Um, and we just, we, we all got together and told her, said, whatever decision you want to make, we're going to stand by you. And she mm-hmm. said, you know what? I, you know, it's no life. You know, I, I she did. She used to walk every morning and uh, <laughs> her mom, all her Same stuff. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so yeah. when those things stop happening, all she's doing is just sitting there. You know, that's that's not a quality of life that mm-hmm. I've known for my mother. So sure. Yeah. Those are the bad times for me. So talk a little bit about when you were caretaking for your mom. I, I know you you're the you were the runner for your mom. You're, you're kind of the runner for the family, too, Les. A lot of people uh, know that you're mm-hmm. dependable and reliable. But when you were mm-hmm. you when you were with your mom in those moments of of caretaking, what was the mood like for you and her? You know, was the conversation different or talk a little bit about what that felt like and what that looked like? Well, all the way up until at least a week before she passed, we would we would still laugh and joke. You know, mm-hmm. she loved Tiger. She loved the uh, Williams sisters. Mm-hmm. So she would always ask me about them and uh, if they coming on, but she couldn't watch them because she get too nervous. So she would always <laughs> tell me, <laughs> let me know who wins. You know, okay. so I was also that person for her too. If Tiger won, I'd have to call her. Uh-huh. I'll never forget the one time he won and I got busy and didn't call her. And man, when I got home later, she had a word for me. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me the Tiger won? I've been sitting up here all day. <laughs> I'm like, Bob, I totally forgot. But we laughed about that. That was fun. Wow. You know? Yeah. I always, I always kept it jovial with her because that was mm-hmm. my mom. She loved to laugh. She was right. an upbeat person, you know? Right. So, and I, I, I wanted to keep it the way she wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I know church was really important for her. You know, I spent a lot of time in California 
um, growing up and, you know, while I was in school and I remember always going to church with her um, mm-hmm. and talk about what that was like for her and, and, and what do you think that did for her to, to deal with her illness? Because I know that was really something that was special and important to her. Uh, well, yeah, it was, especially because that was the, the church that we end up going to when we came back from Arkansas mm-hmm. back in the, back in the sixties and we used to live on Gundry. Mm-hmm. right down the street from the church. And that was used to be Reverend Cheney's church. So that's mm-hmm. who we were a part of. So okay. in her later years, when she got back into the church, that's where she was. And everybody known her as Sister Howard. You know, right, and she did right. a lot of uh, stuff with people because she was still driving. So she used to go and pick up people, bring them to church. And so mm-hmm. that was her joy, her second life, her, mm-hmm. you know, her life outside of her home. She had stuff to do with her church, you know, sure. and, that, and she was, yeah, and and she felt important. She felt needed. Right. And everyone needs everyone needs to have that kind of feeling, especially as you get older. You want to be you still want to be important to somebody, feeling need or having something to do. So uh, I loved it that she was able to do something. And that's why every Saturday I would go over and wash her car and clean her car out so she can take it to church on Sunday, you know, nice. and have a nice clean car. So you talk so about that those, memory. Mm-hmm. Um what are some lessons you learned from your mom that you still carry today? Wow, that's a good question. And you know what? I, we would be here for years if I really went to <laughs> <laughs> Because I would say the most important thing my mom would say, treat people how you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. You know, in the end, uh, regardless of how people are to you you'd never be less than fair to people mm-hmm. you know because it's about your character not theirs mm-hmm. so you don't want to meet people if they have or a bad character you don't want to meet them there because that gets a part of you so a lot of her teachings was don't be like other people be who you are and you know and and even if she she taught us thick skin right put that in right. A way. she taught us thick skin and that was a good lesson. And one other thing she taught me that to this day, I still use when people who are against you and they try to come at you and want you to uh, come back with them. She used to always say, don't pay them no mind. <laughs> and her saying was, don't pay them no mind, which means that don't let them get in your head. Uh huh. Yeah. That person is not worth it. So don't pay them none of your mind because you know you are far more worth than what they're trying to bring you to. Right. So don't give them none of that. That that reminds me of a story Erica once told me. You know, Erica always called her Miss Howard, of course, and I, mm. I call her Aunt Gail. But she, mm. I can't remember exactly, but something was going on with some of her friends or something, and and it was something that Erica didn't want, really didn't want to do. But you know, Erica, she kind of is the peacekeeper of our family. And, and she mm-hmm. said, Ms. Howard told a girl, don't let those people make you over. Uh, be who you are. So I know that's true. I know right. that's true. Exactly. That's her. That yeah. is her. And I know that's her. very true. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you talked about keeping the mood uh, jovial. And that's why I asked you about some of the lessons. And, you know, when you think about lessons, I think about how important they are down the road because sometimes we don't mm-hmm. always get them in the moment. Um, mm-hmm. But when you were caring for your mother and, and towards, uh, you know, 
that caretaking period, how long was that for your mother? How long were you guys well, in that process? I would say I would say two years until two years. she said okay. two two years till she said I'm just tired of going to the doctor. Wow. I mean, get up, go to the doctor three times a day, and then then they you know they gave her a little pack for her mm-hmm. to take the uh, the stuff all day. But what happened? What the actual what happened was she died from complications from colon cancer because she had almost was healed. But uh-huh. then when the C. diff came and got her, it reinfected her her wounds and stuff like that. Because when they took a polyps, they took it, you know, her her uh, her glands and then you know your uh, intestines. Uh huh. And she cut. They cut so much of her intestines out that as soon as she eats, she'd have to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. because there's nothing. There's not enough intestines for it to travel through. Sure. So that was that's why it got infected because you know the waste from food and stuff like that gets into your wounds and stuff. And she was supposed to have the the real strong medicine and they didn't give her that the first time. Okay. So that, and then eventually that led to something that really, she died from complications from colon cancer. That's what they considered it. Yeah. I, I have, I have a, 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 a quick story okay, that I would ahead. like to tell. Sure. Um, after she had passed and, you know, uh, the funeral and everything, you know, while the, while I was going through, you're so busy because you're just trying to, you know, stay strong because people mm-hmm. want to console you and stuff like that. So after all that was over with and I just came home and I just was in the house, had my curtains closed and I didn't want to talk with nobody. I was called just resting. Mm-hmm. Then one week went past. Then Two weeks went past. I would get up and go to the grocery store, but I come back home. Then all of a sudden, one day, I was just laying there, and I just heard my mom and boy, "Boy, get up! What you what you doing sitting up there?" <laughs> you know, because I, I I said, you know what? I kind of felt I was going into depression mm-hmm. because I didn't really want to go outside and do anything like that. And before it happened, my mom, my voice in my mom just came to me and said, "Boy, you better get your butt up. You know better than that." Go on and get it back out in the world. And you know what? After that, I heard that the next day I, I you know, I kept living and kept living, kept living. And then I got back in stride with, with my life. Right. So. Yeah. I remember you telling me that story, Les. Um, mm-hmm. And I certainly can relate, you know, mm-hmm. um, you don't want to, it, it, life stops. It, it's almost as if life stops um, mm-hmm. when you lose your mother. And so I, I know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know what that Elliot blood is like too. They're resilient <laughs> women and, and people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and certainly she didn't want you to 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 wallow in it and to be sad forever. Um because mm-hmm. you, you you still have a lot of life to live. I mean, um, mm-hmm. you know, every time I'm you know, I'm with you, we always have a good time. And so I, I'm sure your mom wanted you to find those moments again. Um, exactly. That's that's gone. one of my joys when you come to town and we get to go to Venice and go to the yeah. shops and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I I do um enjoy uh spending time with you and, and the family. That's that's important. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. Um what's the blessing that that came out of um losing your mother and and did you have a shift in perspective after you you lost your mom and had some time to kind of process it all. I could really say I became a better person. 
mm-hmm. because knowing that you have your mother, you know, you always have that backup. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. But when they're not there no more, you have to do it yourself. That's right. Yeah. So you use their teachings uh-huh. and you find out how much better of a person you, you are. Yeah. That they yeah. seen all along. So mm-hmm. yeah. That's, that's what I would blessing. say was the blessing. Yeah. Yeah. That was that's my a blessing. blessing. Absolutely. To be a better person. That's what we're all striving mm-hmm. to do. To, you know, we all have something we're here to do. And what what a what a blessing that you know that you're better for it and that what your mom gave you all those years, mm-hmm. you can now see it clearly. And I'm sure exactly. you know she's smiling saying. You got it, Les. You got it. Yeah, exactly. I I, I feel that all the time. Yeah, I feel that all the time. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. that's powerful. Um, because uh, I I often say to people, you know, pain and grief is difficult, but I do mm-hmm. think there is a silver lining, and that's why I asked the question about the blessings. Because if you really take some time to think about it and allow yourself to go through those emotions, uh, I do mm-hmm. think you can you can find some blessings along the way. So let Mm -hmm. me ask you a question that I think is equally important to dealing with pain and grief, and that is surviving pain and grief. And I think it's important for people to have a survival toolkit. Mm -hmm. And I like to know from people, from their experience of dealing with pain and grief, what things or suggestions have helped them to deal with their pain and grief? And what would you say to someone that, you may want to consider putting this in your survival toolkit if you're dealing with pain and grief or when your time comes. What what would you say? Um, to me, a survival kit is don't celebrate their death. You mm-hmm. have to celebrate how they lived, you know, and, and how, what type of person they was and when they had fun. So if you start thinking about situations where you guys were having fun or at the party and stuff like that, a smile comes on your face. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, to me, that's survival. That's showing you how they live. You don't want to sit there and always celebrate the day they die because you're going to be sad all your life. So I think to survive, you have to remember all the good things they did when they were alive and -hmm. just keep that with you. And anytime you wanted to feel get down or anything on it, you know, bring up one of those memories. Right. And, and, you know, and that'll put you in a different mode, a different mood and help you keep going. Yeah, I I like that. And that shows a shift in perspective, too. You're right. You know, Mm. the pain is there. The grief is going to be there. But certainly there there, there should be many more memories, hopefully, that can outshine that moment of pain and grief of of the death. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that you're able to to identify those moments and and have plenty of them, I'm sure. Mm -hmm, Um, Exactly. Yeah. To help you out. Uh, Well, Les, you know. Again, I want to thank you for agreeing to come on the show and, and talk a little bit about Aunt Gail and mm-hmm. uh, and and what you all did as a family. Uh, I, I think that's remarkable. Uh, we did very much the same thing with with our mother, and mm-hmm. to know that you loved your mother in, in such a way and it showed uh, all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I I appreciate you being willing to kind of t- tell your story and and hopefully help someone. So I I close my show with this saying, never judge anything before it's time. In time and with perspective, 
your pain and grief will take its proper place in life. Thanks for listening.